golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. Let's turn on the lights. I love the lights. I love it. We love it. Uh, Orlando, you're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, Ultimate I-4 on this special edition Friday, Golf Insiders in the house, Holly G, your host, along with my caddy, the best caddy for 2019, Jeff (laughs) Shane. Hello, Jeff. They're all special editions this month, aren't they? Absolutely. We're just uh, bouncing along uh, to to try to accommodate the Orlando magic, but uh, normally our uh, Golf Insiders are Season 11, uh, we'll be back to our, our normal time slot of Wednesdays from 6 to 7 once the magic season's over. But we hope we're entertaining a lot of people with our Golf Insiders special editions. We are also going to be on Monday night at 6.30 yes. to do a recap of the players. Yes, the Players' Championship. It if is, we're going to get extra time, we might as well do it during the Florida Swing, right? That is so Correct, because we are not running out of golf talk anytime soon. And uh, you just got back from the players. I got back yesterday. Um, we'll be heading back up there for the weekend, but the course looks magnificent. It's it's really a, a great course. And as I kind of mentioned last time we were together, I think this is the way it was designed. When Dean Beeman said to Pete Dye, go build me a championship golf course and, and make it Make it the toughest, most fair course you can. The date was March, and Pete Dye built that course with March in mind. And while they did a a really great job of getting the course ready in May and making it fast and fiery, this is the conditions that it was made for. Not even really the last two days, because the last two days have looked like May. Now, starting with the weekend, we'll get a little bit of cloud. We'll get a little bit of wind. We may get a little bit of rain. And we're going to get some March. cooler temperatures. Yes. So it's going to shape up for a weekend that never disappoints at the Players' Championship. So let's run down the leaderboard because there are still some players out on the golf course. Tommy, pour me a black and tan Fleetwood. Got to love that guy. Uh, minus 12, just finished up with a 67 to back up is 65 from yesterday. He's the leader in the clubhouse by two. And Abraham Answer looks like he did something on 16, Jeff, because he's moved to minus 10. And in second place, two shots behind Tommy Fleetwood. Jim Furyk was on fire earlier today shooting a 64. And is it minus nine? You got to love that. And Ian the Bulldog Poulter, <laughs> minus nine. He just finished up with a nice little 66, six under par. And then Brian Harmon, the lefty, 
uh, shooting. Well, he's not in yet. He's on seventeen. One more, yeah. He's he's, he's, he's at minus nine. Sixty nine, yeah. DJ's still out on the golf course. He's at sixteen right now. Uh, he's minus four, so he's he's a little ways back. And Rory got to keep our eye on him. He's still out on the course. Uh, just finishing fifteen, and he's at nine under. So there's four at nine under. Answer at ten under, and Tommy Fleetwood. Leading the pack at minus 12. Your thoughts? Well, Tommy Fleetwood is in the very same position that he was this time last week at, at Bay Hill. And uh, as we were just talked about, the conditions changed on the weekend at Bay Hill. It will be a, a bit of a challenge for him. He has yet to win in the, uh, in the States, although he's won many times overseas. European Tour, Ryder Cup hero, him and Francesco Molinari almost single-handedly destroying the Americans last fall. He's a talented player. We're just waiting for him to break out, and he has played very well again through the first two rounds. Now he's got to do it on the weekend. I like I like the idea of Jim Furyk going out there and shooting a 64, the only guy that's ever broken 60 twice on tour. This is his home course, and yet he's never really performed all that consistently or all that well uh, at TPC Sawgrass in the players, and I think sometimes... Players will tell you that uh, you see a course every day and then you see it during tournament week and it doesn't look anything like what you're used to. And sometimes that's a detriment. But it was good to see Jim Furyk shoot a really good round out there. And the Poulter, uh, you know, he's going to be there, too. Well, we're going to go to the hometown journalist. He will know. Who has covered this tournament? Um, I don't know. I think I have to take my shoes off with my uh, with you my hands. Need to me to take my shoes off too. The, the, <laughs> the best best reporter from the Ponte Vedra and TPC, Gary Smiths from the Florida Times Union. Hello, my friend. Hey, Holly. How you doing? Great, great. Uh, you're you're in the press room. You're watching the guys finish up. Uh, give us uh, your take on how things have gone today. Well. As, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of the British invasion right now. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood had another good day, a 67. He's 12 under. Ian Poulter is right there with a 66, 9 under. Rory has three holes up to play, and he's 9 under, Rory McIlroy. So uh, it's, um, uh, you know, these guys are playing pretty well. But, I, you know, these guys were playing pretty well anyway. Uh, Rory has had about six or seven really good fitted top tens, both in the European Tour and America. So he's due. Uh, Fleetwood has just continued playing well since last year's Ryder Cup. And Ian Poulter, he always had to watch him on this course. He's played this course well in March and May. Uh, he's had a, a couple of good finishes. So he, uh, uh, he, he likes it. And it's kind of interesting that so many guys from the British Isles are playing this well because you've got to play this game in the air on this golf course. And you don't have the, 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 the British Open bump and run, run up shots, things like that. You do have the win, which they should feel very comfortable in. Uh, Russell Knox from Scotland, who went to uh, JU nearby, is in the mix. And he was telling us today that he, somebody said, well, what kind of weather are you hope for on the weekend? He said, I hope for horrible, because that's, <laughs> that's what he would feel good about. Uh, I, I, I came in on the tail end of your conversation. I heard what you're talking about, Jim Furyk. And, and, you know, you're right about a guy who's perceived to have a home court advantage. When DJ Singh was in the same boat, you know, DJ practices so much here and, and play so much here, but they all they always raise a very good point, and, and, and BJ said this frequently that 
there's this golf course 51 weeks of the year, and then it's the one week you get it for the players. And it's not set up anywhere near like, like it is for the tournament because, after all, it's a resort golf course. And if you gave this type of conditions – to resort guests, they would they wouldn't want to come here anymore. You know, they, <laughs> nobody wants to lose two dozen balls, so they make it a little bit playable there. But it's it doesn't resemble the same course that they see. They practice here a lot, so they kind of know the wind, and they know the feel of the grass and what you can and can't do with certain lies. And Jim Furyk's the same way. Now Jim Furyk's a little bit hard on himself, and he always has been. He's talked about, and he talked about it again today about this course. A lot of holes never suited his eye. It's it's got a lot of angles. And he never felt like he played well here. Well, if you look at the record, he's got four top five finishes. You know, one in, well, uh, three in March and one in May. Matter of fact, if you remember in 2014, Martin Keimer needed to make two par putts on 17 and 18, a 35 footer and a seven footer, to keep from going to a playoff with Jim Furyk, who's sitting in the clubhouse after posting a number. So, but but Jim's always been his own worst critic, his his, his most harshest critic. So I think he's he's played this course a little bit better than he thinks he has, uh, but you know he's he's never won it, and I think there was always an expectation that if you play this thing 23 times like he has, you would have snuck one in. But he's had his career low round today, a 64, no bogeys, uh, hit all 14 fairways, just playing really really good. And if I had to pick somebody who come out of the pack on the weekend uh, and, and overtake uh, Fleetwood, uh, I think it certainly have to consider Jim in that mix. Do you think the fact that Jim has played well in the March conditions and there's less than two dozen players in this field that have played in March, you think that could be to his advantage? Yes, absolutely, because, see, the thing is, the first two days we've got May-like winds. We've got winds out of the south and the southeast. So we're still waiting for that kind of March feel to it, which we're going to get starting tomorrow. The temperature of one day is going to be barely 60 both days, uh, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, uh, and and Jim has Jim plays well in in iffy weather because you remember he won the FedEx Cup in rain and wind at, at uh, the Tour Championship. You know, whereas Rainy so already had to turn his hat around backwards so the so the water wouldn't drip on the ball when he's over for the for the for the winning putt. So uh, you know, Jim's a mutter, but then again, you know, so is so is Poulter and so is Rory and 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 don't forget Rory McIlroy. His track record on Pete Dye courses, he won a FedEx Cup playoff event at Crooked Stick. He won his uh, the, the PGA in 2014 at Keough Island. And he had three good finishes here a few years ago. And then he's had uh, some, some, some you know, mixed success since then. Uh, but he loves Pete Dye courses. I played very well in them. As long as he's not in the final group on Sunday, apparently. Uh-huh. Hey yep. Gary, what yep. what what is the uh, forecast for the weather um, here in Orlando? They've shown you know like a thirty percent chance of rain. Uh, what are they saying up there in Ponte Vedra? We're going to get some rain, but the the weather the weather guys here in the tour has their own uh, uh, weather forecasters. Uh, it, 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 if it rains, it's not going to be the type of rain that would that would cause any kind of a stoppage in play. Uh, right now. We're talking about a, uh, uh, and if you give me a second, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to give you the exact weather forecast for tomorrow. Awesome. Right here on the weather at six, a high of 64 tomorrow and cloudy, and then a high of 60 on Sunday and some rain. Ooh, high but, of 60 Sunday? Yes. But it's not supposed to be rain that will cause a stoppage in play. It's just going to be kind of intermittent off and on again is what they're, what they're, what they're calling for. And what are the winds? But, 
Uh, well, I don't have the wind out, but the wind's going to start turning out of the north tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, that could make 17 a whole lot of fun come Sunday. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, of course, 17 played as easy uh, today as it will all week, and Tiger hit two balls in the water for the first time in his life. Really derailed a good round, but he but he, he, he fought back. Uh, now, at the time, the leader was nine under, and Tiger was six shots behind, and he said six shots is doable. But, well, now it's a nine-shot lead. <laughs> so uh, I guess he didn't count on Tommy Fleetwood to go out there and, and – and Tommy Fleetwood, by the way, went birdie, eagle birdie on his first three holes today, uh, including a hole out from the bunker at number two for eagle. So uh, uh, this guy's playing lights out right now. You listen to the Golf Insiders. We are talking to Gary Smith live from the press room up at the Players' Championship in Ponte Vedra. The number last year was minus 18 that Webb Simpson posted. Uh, what do you, how do you think that number is going to be on Sunday, Gary? Uh, minus 12 right now, I would hazard a guess that uh, minus 12 would be pretty good right about now for the winning score. Wow. I really I really think that if Tommy Fleetwood goes out there and shoots like 71-72, he will win this tournament. Uh, I don't know if there's an extraordinary score out there when the wind starts turning. And historically, they have – Saturday has been – you know, a lot of tournaments set the course – their course is up a little bit easier on Saturday to to kind of pr- uh, bring about a move day. Uh, this tournament gets tough on Saturday. They get tough on tougher on Saturday than on Sunday in some years. It's a uh, it's a philosophy not all the players like, but uh, it, it, if you remember a few years ago when Jason Day won it uh, in the third round on Saturday, Jason shot a 73 and did not lose any ground whatsoever. And there were maybe three, four scores in the 60s on that day. So watch out tomorrow. I think yep. there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of movement, and I think a lot of the movement is going to be down. Ooh, <laughs> moving day, not so much moving. Well, you heard it from one of the best in our business. And how many years is this for you up at the TPC? Uh, this is my 33rd players with uh, three newspapers. Wow, impressive. Well, Gary, we know you're on deadline. Sure, appreciate you spending some time with us, and we'll see you Sunday, my friend. Okay, anytime, Holly. All right, you listen to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he shanked that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders in the house. Holly G. Along with my caddy, Jeff Shane. A special edition of the Golf Insiders on this Friday evening. Uh, sit back with us and take it easy on those fairways of I-4. Special coverage of the Players' Championship. They are finishing up uh, round Friday's round here. Rory is heading to 17. Jeff, um, boy, it uh, certainly took Tiger's lunch today, didn't it? it the it really Island did. Green. Yeah, and uh, just... Uh, it sneaks up on everybody. You play that hole often enough, and I don't know that anybody that hasn't been bitten. Fred Couples has been bitten. 
Paul Azinger has been bitten. Um, who was it? Joe Durant, I think it was. It really struggled one year. Um, it seems like such an easy shot, but if you are off, if you don't hit it square in the middle of the club face, you've got trouble. And and we saw Billy Horschel about 10 minutes ago, uh, the, the little pathway, the walkway from the back saved him from a watery grave as well. But uh, Tiger has taken double bogeys at that uh, hole before, including one last year, but he never put two in the water. And, and the second one just, it didn't hold at all. One bounce, it looked like my shot. One bounce, because I have no spin. One bounce, over the back, in, hang your head, feel shame. Well, Tommy Fleetwood posting a 67. He is the leader at 12 under, but Rory McElroy still out on the golf course. Uh, he just eagled 16. 16. Made uh, Yep, jumped from uh, minus 9 to minus 11, and so he's got a chance to tie it up here as he's approaching the island green. Speaking of, uh, of all things TPC and the players, we've been treated to wall-to-wall coverage by the Golf Channel, as always, around uh, the big, big events. Jeff Shane, and he's just back from the players and willing to spend a few minutes with us. Damon Hack, co-host of Morning Drive. Welcome to the Golf Insiders, Damon. Holly G and Jeff, how are you guys doing? Good. Well, I know you've uh, had a busy week up there, keeping us all informed in the wee hours of the morning before uh, the tee-offs. But uh, what what have been your impressions the last couple of days? Well, I was uh, one of the originators of, from March, and I, my first players back in 2002, Craig Perks going 3-2-4 uh, to win his long PGA Tour event. So uh, for me to see the players being played in March, first of all, like old home week, I, I love how the course looks. I love the fact that whenever North Wind comes Saturday, Sunday, temperature's going to drop a little bit. It's what Pete Dye, Pete Dye wanted, and I'm glad to see that this great championship is back uh, where I believe it belongs. And, you know, as always, a great leaderboard, Tommy Fleetwood, 4-1 in the Ryder Cup, uh, 63 final round of the U.S. Open. Uh, he was my pick going into the week, and I'm uh, happy to see him atop the leaderboard, at least at this point. I think that, that you touched on it. We've touched on it early in the broadcast as well. Uh, this uh, golf course was really designed with March in mind, wasn't it? It, it moved to May, and they did a, a really great job in May. But when Pete Dye put all of this together and studied the wind charts and studied how everything was going to be, uh, he did it with March in mind, didn't he? He really did, and it's not to take away from any of the May winners. They're all quality winners. Phil Mickelson won in 2007, Sergio 08, Ricky Fowler in 2015, but just some of the clubs that those guys were hitting, and, and Ricky's an example in 2015, they were hitting the wedge into, into 17 and, and not even having to hit like a 4 or 5 or 6 iron into 18 just because they were playing with a south wind. You know, 17 and 18 were designed to play into the wind to make those closing holes even more sinister than they've played over the last dozen years. So I think it's going to be quite a show this weekend. Uh, great names on the board, McElroy, Holter, Jason Day, Dustin Johnson making a late move, uh, and Tommy Cleveland, one of the best ball strikers in the business. We're going to see these guys have to absolutely grip and grind on Saturday and Sunday, and that's what Pete Dye uh, wanted. Well, speaking of grip and grind, Jim Furyk posting 64 today. 
Uh, eight under to be sitting now in third place at minus nine. Uh, that's got to give a lot of guys some some mojo and inspiration for the weekend. Really does. And I saw an interview by my colleague Mike Tarico today, and, and Jim acknowledged that being Ryder Cup captain and seeing his players play, albeit in a losing effort, kind of uh, reignited his own passion to start playing and playing well again. He had his heart broken in 2014 when. Martin Palmer made an amazing three-year par save uh, on 17 to go on and win the players that year. You know, got up and down from the front of 18 as well to, to nip Jim Fierce. He's got a couple of really good runs. He's a part of Easter Beach, a resident, has been for several years now for, for him at the age of 48 to have a chance to win his hometown event. Really one of the great storylines that's developing so far in this 46th edition of the players. Hey, my dark horse, Damon, was Keith Mitchell. Um, you know, won Honda, played well at Arnold Palmer, now playing well again here at the TPC. He's minus eight, tied for seven. What are your thoughts about him? Yeah, you know, I actually exchanged the text messages with his college coach, Chris Hack, from Georgia after Keith got it done at the Honda. So the only question about Keith was with his partying ways stop him from being a great player. That was the only issue at Georgia. Great player, but like to have fun, like a lot of college kids. But but Chris uh, told me that the, the talent that Keith had inside was never in question. Terrific ball striker. Uh, and Chris told me that once Keith got comfortable at the PGA Tour level, once he went, he, once he got that first victory, looked out, and I think we've seen him really continue to play well. A lot of players win that first event, they take a, a big, deep breath kicked the foot off the gas. Keith has done the exact opposite, continuing to, to play well after his great win uh, down in South Florida. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. Jeff? Well, you met, you mentioned uh, Chris Hack and Georgia and, and the outstanding program there. It just uh, struck me as I looked again at, at this leaderboard. In that top ten, we have three Bulldogs. We have Brian Harmon. We have Kevin Kisner, as well as Keith Mitchell. And, uh, again, I think it just uh, goes to show the value of, of some of these college golf programs and what they are starting to produce year in and year out. It's a great point. And Chris Hack told me that he now has had 10 different uh, students of his go on to win PGA Tour events. And, you know, you're familiar with a lot of them. Obviously, Bubba Watson, uh, maybe most famously with those two Masters titles. But you mentioned Harmon and Kisner and, you know, they stand on opposite sides of the ball, but they are really kind of cut from the same cloth. Grinders, not the longest hitters in the game, but, but two guys who absolutely will not back down over the weekend. And I think as the weather starts to turn, good ball strikers and tough players like Kisner and Harmon really can hang around on the leaderboard while a lot of other players are trying to keep their ball in the fairway. Jason Day, despite pulling out last week at the API, uh, Bouncing back here at the players, a past champion, uh, and shooting a 66 today to put himself in the mix. Were you surprised with that? You know what? I'm not surprised because you could tell early in the week, Holly, that he was motivated by some of the social media beating that he took for taking his kids uh, to Disney and his family after he was drinking the Arnold Palmer invitation. So, so Jason Day, you know, makes no words. He just said, hey, uh, it's, it's hard to turn those machines off and and ignore what the noise and the haters say, but you could tell that his eyes were burning a little bit when he spoke, and obviously has great comfort on the golf course. You match comfort, talent, obviously feeling better than he did at the API when he had that back issue. He has extra motivation because I, I imagine that what those 
those haters, if you will, said about him being at a theme park with his family really got under his skin. So he's got great talent, and he has motivation as well. We're talking to Damon Hack from the Golf Channel. With Jason, wasn't it one of those things where he he actually went to visit his doctor uh, in South Florida and got treatment? I, th- I think he even got an injection. And then it was a matter of, okay, now I'm feeling well. I just don't have a tournament to play in until I get up to the TPC Sawgrass, right? It's exactly right. And, and per doctor's orders, it wasn't sitting out of the couch. It was getting moving, get, get that body warm, walk around. And, and as, as we all know, as, as Florida residents, you can do a lot of walking at these Orlando theme parks. That's exactly <laughs> what Jason Day did. So, so to criticize him for spending an afternoon with his family, uh, even with the withdrawal from a tournament, I think that was just below the belt. Man, it's easy to overwalk when you're at the theme parks. I imagine Jason had to be careful about that. No question about it. But even with his injury history, he has nine withdrawals. Uh, he's still young, low 30s, major champion, former world number one, a lot of pride in Jason Day. I think we're seeing that come to the fore this week at TPC Sawgrass. I know you've covered uh, Tiger for a long time, Damon, and I think uh, everybody was hopeful about him uh, coming out to, with the players, you know, after skipping API and uh, his very extensive press conference on Tuesday. Got it rolling this morning. Uh, looked good. He was just two shots out of the lead, and then 17. First guy to hit in the water all day, and he does it twice. I tell you, he went from being in the mix in the maw of this tournament to absolutely being a bit player. You just can't recover from making quadruple bogeys at the Players' Championship, not when guys are, are hanging 65s and 66s and 64s. And, and there's just going to be too much room for, for Tiger with I believe, to make a move on Saturday and Sunday. He was right there. Uh, the whole has actually been kind to him when you look at his career. Uh, obviously, a two-time winner of the Players, winning United States Amateur, with his ball hung on in that 17th green back in 1994. So uh, I guess this is the golf golf getting even. That, that shot easily could have hung up there in the fringe. Instead, it rolled into the water. He compounded his mistake by hitting a second shot from the drop area into the water. But the Tigers had many more good moments, things the most, I would say, uh, than poor moments on the 17th green at TPC Sawgrass. Well, uh, we've got two great, exciting, dramatic days ahead. Damon, I know wall-to-wall coverage on the Golf Channel, morning drive, the early coverage, coverage on NBC, Golf Central. We're so lucky to have the Golf Channel and appreciate your time. And Tommy Fleetwood's your man? Tommy's my guy. He'll be his first PGA Tour winner. He'll be the flagship event of the PGA Tour. Mark it down. I love it. I love it. Tommy, pour me a black and tan Fleetwood. (laughs) Thank you, Damon Hack. And check out Morning Drive tomorrow morning. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you, Jake. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni, I think it's nice. Swing in the house, drives my wife up the wall. She shouldn't worry, I don't use a ball. It'd be good to just make hard. We're back, the Gulf Insiders in the house. Holly G along with... 
Jeff Shane, special edition of the Golf Insiders this Friday evening. Thanks for joining us. Um, we'll be back to our regular time slot Wednesday evenings uh, after the magic. And for the, the next after the couple of weeks, too, yeah. <laughs> you can listen to us Monday night at 6.30. So just find us, 6.30. Pick your night. The Golf Insiders are here. This is a good time to say go to thegolfinsiders.com, go to our web, uh, website, go to our Instagram, uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll keep you informed as to when we're going to be on next. The Golf Insiders. And uh, give us an update of the leaderboard at the Players' Championship, Jeff. We have a tie. Rory McElroy after the Eagle at 16, Goes to 17, hits an okay shot, stay, stops 21 feet away, and he drains the putt to uh, go eagle birdie, coming up to 18 now. And uh, he is now at 12 under par, uh, 7 under for the day, um, and uh, tied with Tommy Fleetwood atop the leaderboard. And now there's a three-shot gap between those two and everybody else. Four-way tie for third uh, at 9 under between uh, Jim Furyk, Ian Poulter, Brian Harmon, who just finished uh, at 9-under, and Abraham Anser, who also just finished at 9-under. Well, let's go back up to the media center at the Players' Championship and check in with one of our favorite golf insiders from the morning, Reed, Gary Van Sickle. Hello, GVC, SC. Whatever. Or, or whatever. GVS. Some sort of an issue. These are GVS. Yeah, you yes. know, TNT, something like that. What was this? You said after the magic with this show. This show is where the magic happens. Thank you. <laughs> this is during the magic. Thank you. We try to, you know, give the best golf talk on the planet. And that's well, why that's we have right. guests like you. I'm just wondering if you're, if you're calling to talk about the Players' Championship or the uh, – the West Florida Golf Tour mini event, mini tour event where Mike Van Sickle shot 65, then lost in a playoff. Mm. Uh, you tell me which one you're inter- interested in. We know your son, who is an aspiring professional tour player, working his way up. Yes, and okay. lower rungs. But this tournament's getting exciting here today. I, I think everybody enjoyed Rory McIlroy charging on the stretch here to make it interesting, and Fleetwood was already there, so. It's it's been a pretty cool day. Yesterday we had a hole in one and double eagle. Today we've had a hole in one and unbelievable eagles. I know you're going to read stories tomorrow. You know Jeff or I might have written one in fact, but you're going to read stories saying there's too many birdies and eagles. Scoring is too low. Yeah, but is it a good show? Is anybody having fun? I mean, you got to put the purist aside right now and say. Uh, what's wrong with this picture? I mean, so so what if the course is playing easy? Who's on the leaderboard? It's it's a lot of the world's best players. So I I, I don't have a problem with the scores being low because you get some win. They won't they won't be low. But I, I'm I'm enjoying the show so far. Well, I've been I'm watching Kucher right now hitting it out of the pine straw in the in the trees. Watched Phil do one of his famous shots through a you know, a, a, a bowling alley earlier today. We've been seeing some pretty interesting shots from uh, all over the golf course. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Kucher's nickname uh, in the cat, from the caddies is crime because uh, crime doesn't pay. <laughs> Ooh. Caddies are, are cruel. They don't mess yes, around. Yeah, that, that, that's very, very definitely uh, uh, the case. And, and I suppose uh, you were talking about 
all these low scores, lots of 60-somethings on the scoreboard today. We're going to get a variety of scores, though, when it, when that weather turns around and uh, we'll we'll see. You know, we've seen the good, and we're going to see the bad, and maybe a little bit ugly. I think, you know, that's what that's what that's one of the reasons why this tournament has some interesting names on the board and it has some unusual winners. Tiger Woods proved it today. You know, you can play great for 17 holes, and you make one or two bad swings, and you you make a quad. And it's like you got to walk a tightrope for 18 holes for four straight days. And nobody's that good on tour to play flawless golf and not make a mistake. And when you make a mistake here, there's a good chance it's going to be wet and you're making a double or triple. So it's a very, the, the, you know, speaking of crime, as we were a minute ago, the, the crime, uh, the punishment doesn't usually fit the crime here. It's usually way worse than normal. You, you're not saving par and you probably aren't aren't saving a bogey. So that's why you see this disparity in the scores where somebody's rolling along with a good round. Uh, you know, this uh, Sung J.M. made a hole-in-one today at 13 and then got to 17 and dribbled it over the back of the green and made a double. So he was even par in the par threes in the back nine. <laughs> uh, that's just the way this course is. You make a mistake, and it's a big number. It's hard to avoid making a mistake. Yeah, I mean, Tiger's perfect example. Five birdies and a quad. How about that scorecard? He, I tell you what, uh, he, he really played pretty well. I, you give him, I mean, obviously you give him a par there. He's he's seven under. He's yeah, it took himself right out of the but, tournament, yeah, right? Played, One well, swing or two. Can't, can't, yeah, yeah. Byron, I mean, yeah, he's got to shoot sixty three now. But if there's somebody who can do it, I think he still can. But yeah, you're right. That's that's still tightrope. You got to walk here and Tiger looked. Looked really good, but he's got nothing to show for it now because of the one hole. And you just can't, you just can't, you know. I remember an old college college golf coach, guys would make mistakes and make big numbers, and he'd just say, well, you can't do that. Well, I wasn't trying to make a triple coach. <laughs> yeah, but, you, but yeah, but you can't do that. Well, tell me how not to do it. I want, you can't do that. You know, well, I did it. So mm-hmm. that's how the Tiger, you can't do that. Well, he did it. He knows it. So genius uh, coaching. Yeah, he's seasoned. He's, He's not uh, not looking like he's a contender at the moment. But You're listening to the Golf Insiders. We're talking to Gary Van Sickle from the Morning Read and our esteemed president of the Golf Writers Association of America. So, yes, we have uh, the British Invasion, uh, Tommy Fleetwood and Rory McIlroy, who look like they'll be uh, teeing it up together tomorrow. That uh, sh- should be fun. Yeah, uh, one guy with the best hair. You know, why isn't somebody here's a here's a job here's a here's a business opportunity for us. Remember those guys who uh, you could used to be able to buy visors that came with hair in them. So you know, guys like me could buy them and look like we have hair. Why we should make golf Nike golf hats with hair coming out of the back like Tommy, Tommy Fleetwood, Fleetwood because uh, he has the best hair in golf. And he keeps getting asked about, you know, he's on the 18th tee and he got disturbed. Somebody's going, what kind of what kind of shampoo you use? What kind of conditioner? And, uh, you know, Fleetwood was just in the interview room and he made some joke about it. So, yeah, I get that all the time. He says, he said, I use a bunch of different things. That's how, that's how I get this look. <laughs> well, so, uh, I think we should, I think we should get together. Let's get a prototype. Let's attach some hair to the back of a Nike baseball cap. Personally, I would buy one, and I know a lot of guys my age would buy one just because it would make us look like hair, and, you know, maybe we can be in a band, look like we're in a rock band like Tommy Fleetwood looks like. 
Well, you, you, you're mentioning Tommy, and I go to uh, immediately the Ryder Cup last year, Molly Wood and, of course, Molinari and, and Tommy just, you know, uh, spanking the U.S. 5-0. and how did, How's Molinari faring? I, I'm digging deep. I'm digging deep in the board yeah, here. and He just barely crawled through and make the cut, so he's he's at the bottom there. Well, I thought you were going to go to – I thought you were really going to go deep and reference that that funny video they did where – The uh, best. The, those two guys wake up in bed together and with the Ryder Cup trophy. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. And you ought to see guys make fun of themselves because that really makes you feel like, uh, you know, they're normal, even if they're not normal. I, it doesn't matter, but they pretended they were for a minute. And that's good enough. But, and and uh, give a lot of credit to the creative team. It's the European Tour that that actually, you know, came up with that. And I I heard the story that. That uh, you know, as as with a lot of really creative stuff, you know, there there was a certain amount of uh, of alcohol involved, and sometimes you hit. <laughs> well, how about the Tiger had one the other day with he, he and uh, he was face to face with that guy who does the the great impression. Oh, Colin, that guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I I thought I didn't have audio on it at the I couldn't get the audio on it, but they were looking at each other saying something, and fi- finally Tiger just broke up. He couldn't take it anymore. So. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing makes somebody look real. And if, if you think about it, almost everybody, almost all of America's perception of Tiger is really based on his commercials because they've been humor. They've been this and that. You know, he's built an image through his commercials because in his press conferences, he doesn't really say that much. And he's not out doing movies or anything. Really, you're, the, the Tiger's commercials have created the, the average man's view of him. Uh, you know, I know I know a few things that happened in real life may have shattered that, but I think fans still have a mostly positive view of him because he seems like a good-natured, funny guy, and I'm, I'm, he is, he does have a good sense of humor. But um, yeah, commercial—it's all about branding. If you can market your branding and control listen your to branding, this guy, you're in good spot. I know. Sports Illustrated senior writer for 20 plus years talking about branding. Man, have you gone to the dark side? We're all building well, I'm, our I'm brand. To, yeah, well, I need to. I got to start. I'm trying to do branding. You know, I, I, they, they screwed up my business cards at SI when I first got there, and they made a typo. Instead of senior writer, they said senior waiter. <laughs> so uh, I, I was mad, and but I for about ten seconds, then I thought these are great. You know, so I used them, and it, it was a great conversation starter. I'd hand a glass, and we'd have a good laugh, and they were fantastic. And when I ran out of cards after a couple of years, I tried to reorder them. I told the, the secretary at SI, it's like, well, here's what happened last time. There's this typo, but it worked great. I want to have my cards say senior waiter. And she goes, oh, no, we can't do that. You, you did it before. You so got to love it. it. So, uh, but 25 years later, there's still people who call me senior waiter. But I, I, I never branded that one, so I, I'm going to have to start over. I think my new brand is going to be uh, and cynical, so I'm going to work on that one. Yeah, right. Uh, the award-winning Gary Van Cynical. Thank you for spending some time with the Golf Insiders. Who's your pick, Gary, for Sunday? Fleetwood. I like his hair. Yeah, me too. Good pick. All right, you're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9, <laughs> the game. We're getting into happy hour here. Yes, we'll be we right back. I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream.
We're back. The Golf Insiders. Wrapping up an hour of Intelligent Golf Talk. Special edition for the Players' Championship in the house. Holly G. Along with Jeff Shane. Uh, check us out Monday night at 6.30 when we will be doing the Players' Championship recap. And um, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the Golf Insiders. And now Instagram, Golf Insiders Radio. And we'll keep you up to date on all the shows we have coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Jeff, uh, looks like tomorrow is going to be the day. It's going to shuffle the deck, I think. Well, that's what we're kind of looking forward to. This is what playing in March is, is about. Changing conditions, not having four days of the same conditions playing the, the the golf course obviously the the holes change the tee positions change but when the wind changes it makes it a whole different golf course and I I personally am that's what I'm looking forward to is seeing golfers tested by all sorts of different conditions the wind's going to turn who can deal with that uh, how can Fleetwood who played really well through 36 holes last week and then struggled on Saturday how's he going to do Rory played really well through 54 holes and struggled on Sunday. And there's that stat out there. In the last 15 months, he's had nine opportunities to play in the final group, and he hasn't won any one of them. Even his win at Bay Hill last year was not in the final group. So how's he going to do? And Jim Furyk's got to be a sentimental favorite. Pair of runner-ups uh, on his home course. Uh, he's pushing 50 now. He's 48-49. And Ian Poulter also has a pair of runner-ups on this course. I don't think a lot of people remember those, but uh, he plays very well uh, out here as well. So it's a good top of the leaderboard. Dustin Johnson's not that far back. John Rahm is not that far back. Keegan Bradley is not that far back. Patrick Reed has been very solid. Uh, Adam Scott, the other guy, he and Tiger, the only uh, guys in this field that won in March and he's got a he's he's been coming back, uh, playing very solid of recent, and uh, and also has a very good track record on this course. So lots of shuffling tomorrow, I think. I love the TBC Players Championship being back in March. We have the real Florida swing again, <laughs> and we have been running, 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 keeping up with it from Honda to Arnold Palmer to. Ponte Vedra, and then next week, the Valspar over at Innisbrook. Yeah, on the Copperhead course, and that has a really good field. Uh, the field, field list came out today. I got a t- chance to look at it before it became official, uh, but uh, Dustin Johnson, it's the only four Florida swing uh, event that he's never played. He's going to tee it up next week, which I find really, really interesting. Jason Day's coming back for the first time since 2001. John Rahm is going to be in there. You got each of the last three Masters champions, Patrick Reed and uh, Sergio Garcia and Danny Willett. Uh, you know, the, the only kind of disappointment was there was a little bit swirling, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Tiger will play. I think once Tiger knew he was going to make the cut, there, that kind of sealed the deal. So he's not going to be there to try and follow up last year's performance. But Valspar, uh, I think everybody thought that was going to be a tough, field coming right in between the players and a World Golf Championships event, maybe not so much. You know, somebody made a comment, uh, I think, on the Golf Channel the other night, talking about 
you know, Tiger playing a lot more tournaments than he played, you know, last year. Obviously, he was trying to, you know, get his tempo, just get more rounds in. He ended up winning after the end of one of his longest stretches, yeah. I think, six tournaments in a row when he won the Tour uh, Six out of seven or something like that, yeah. And, uh, you know, we've always had this conversation, do you need more rounds versus more practice? I realize, you know, he's got the back, the back situation, now the next situation, that he's got to kind of pick and choose. But he can't practice that much anymore. That's he has true. said that yes. he had to change, you know, and limit the amount of practice. You know, maybe maybe the old routine of Tiger, you know, 10 years ago is not, you know, the routine that he needs now. He needs to be out there playing. Well, I wrote time. about that a little bit uh, for Morning Read earlier this week is is he it used to be that Tiger would always keep all of us guessing for some of those maybe events. Phoenix, Pebble Beach, Riviera, Doral, um Maybe he's showing up, maybe he isn't, and then you have to wait till Friday to figure out. I think he's kind of in that same boat now, but he's leaving himself guessing a little bit perhaps. How am I feeling? How many rounds do I need to get in my mind before I get to Augusta? That's that's the ultimate goal. How many reps do I need before Augusta? How do I get them in? I think if he had missed the cut, he might have booked Tampa, but now he doesn't think he needs it. He's also going to the match play. He's qualified for that. He was not qualified in the top 64 last year. And I think that changes the dynamic because you're guaranteed three rounds. And then if you get out of your pod, uh, then all of a sudden the rounds can start stacking up really quick. Remember how gassed Kevin Kisner was last year and losing to Bubba Watson in the final. He had nothing left. And I think that's a real risk for anybody that uh, has aspirations, realistic aspirations for a, a green jacket because... You don't want to play 108 holes uh, two weeks before teeing it up at Augusta, especially when you're you know, going to play a certain number of practice rounds at Augusta National. So uh, just a tough – I think it's a tough scheduling spot. I kind of wish that the match play would move to after Augusta. And now we have what is called the championship season with the players kicking that off yeah. in March. We then have the Masters in April. We then have the PGA Championship moving to May, in case you've been under a rock as part of the new schedule, the U.S. Open in June, the Open Championship, or as we like to call it here, the British Open, in July, and then wrapping things up in August with the FedEx playoffs. playoff events. So. And, and that last stretch, British, World Golf Championships, and then maybe a breather at Wyndham and then three playoff events. So you're pretty much going to play five out of six uh, if you go deep in the playoffs. All right. We're wrapping it up. The Golf Insiders, we're going to be back Monday night at 630. Jeff, who's your pick? I've said all month that Roy McIlroy is going to win in Florida. I hope this is it. <laughs> well, I'd like to see Roy win too, but I'm going with Tommy Fleetwood to hoist that beautiful golf.